Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> Fred, you, uh, you beat the Heat 25-5 to in the third quarter. It's the second time a team has done that in the NBA this season. What did you say at halftime? N- nothing otherworldly. I mean, just we have to we we just sat there and talked in this ten tenor and said like who do we want to be? You know, there's guys sitting around this building that hung banners. Like, how, how do you want to play? How do we want to? How do we want to feel about ourselves? And we just looked different after that. And um, but that was a collective discussion that has nothing to do with me that has to do with who these guys have been all year and for whatever reason we took a you know um a little break from that um on monday in the first half tonight wow what a night (laughs) what a crazy night this is actually a natural reaction i mean this is this is one of the best nights in basketball that we've had all year in a long time of my life i mean it's been incredible the celtics with this Unreal comeback, the biggest comeback in the NBA this season, 26-point comeback. They beat the Miami Heat 80, I'm sorry, 98 to 88. Let's talk about it here on the Garden. Yes, I'm the boss. Welcome to the Garden Report. I am Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Jimmy Toscano, Jeremy Carp behind the camera over there. We've got uh, the Facebook viewers here on the live feed. Let's do this thing. So it's 1.10 a.m. right now. The Celtics had an unbelievable game, but we had to watch Kobe Bryant have one of the most amazing, one of the most memorable performances we'll ever see. 60 points. That's not amazing, but memorable. memorable. 60 points on 50 field goal attempts in this final game, and the team and the team still won. I mean, yeah, the fact that he's that old and can take 50 shots is mind blowing. <laughs> so let's talk about the Celtics game here. Uh, they got absolutely destroyed. I just picture Byron Scott just sitting, just like. What can I do? Did Byron Scott even say anything this game? I I mean, we didn't get to watch most of the game, but I, no, I imagine. speaking privileges were revoked, I think, in January. I'm pretty sure before the game he said, hey, guys, Kobe's going to take all the shots. I'll talk to you after the game. And that probably is how it went. Okay, so uh, that's the exact opposite of what happened tonight with the Celtics because yes. they get absolutely vanquished in the first half. They go into halftime down 24, and Brad Stevens comes into. Dead. Yeah. Brad Stevens came into a locker room that was freaking out. Guys were worried. I mean, they were in a complete tailspin, losing, about to lose all three games of the teams that they were fighting yeah. for that three seed. Yeah. And Stevens sits them all down, lights a fire, a little bit of a campfire a story of time with Brad yeah, I Stevens. Know. I don't know, maybe they drank the Kool-Aid, but whatever it was, they came out with the best quarter in the NBA this season. They hold the heat to a franchise-low five points while scoring 25 points of their own. It's the second time a team has pulled that feat off in the NBA this season. They pull off a 26-point comeback, the highest comeback in the NBA this year. Uh, it was it was just mind-blowing. Joe Johnson was the only player that scored for the Heat in that quarter, and he had five points. And if he didn't join the team midway through the year... They would have had zero points had in zero. that quarter. That would have been amazing. Because <laughs> Gerald um, Green wasn't getting those buckets. No, absolutely not. Um, that was a UConn women's-esque quarter. I mean, a 25-5 to 5 score, I mean, that never happens in the NBA. You just never see something like that. that 
that's like, you know, video game stuff when we, you're playing on easy level. We've always said Isaiah Thomas is basically the Brianna Stewart of the NBA. I've so. been saying that for years. Sure. Yeah, I've been saying that for Jay Crowder's my Diana Taurasi. But it was I mean, it was phenomenal. And the team talked about after the game how, like Steven said to them, it was basically their make-or-break moment. You know, they're, they're spiraling heading into the playoffs. And Steven's asked them, who are you going to be? He tells them about the guys in the crowd tonight sitting courtside. All the Celtics legends are honored. They had, like, every single great Everybody. player that's ever played for the team that's still Bird. alive, minus Larry Bird. Where was Larry tonight? Come on. Executive of another team? Ridiculous. But it was, it was, it was an incredible night. And to have that happen in the first half in front of those players, the players that, I mean, just like the 60s players, the African-American players who went through the adversity that they went through. I mean, Bill Russell, not only was he an athlete, he was a civil rights pioneer. I mean, the things that they went through and had this team that just can't even show up for the last game of the season in a crucial game, I mean, that, must, that was humiliating for them, and they admitted it. And when Stevens basically just calmly said, listen, look yourself in the face and decide, is this who you want to be? And clearly they figured out who they want to be. Luckily, that wasn't who they wanted to be. Luckily for everybody in this in this arena, which, by the way, it was fan appreciation night, and these fans must have been thinking about leaving at halftime. Some of them, I bet you did. Yeah. A few of them probably left, but, I mean, this is a team that was a complete 180, and in that first half, I can't explain what went wrong. I just think the heat came out, you know, maybe still coming off that game that they just played, and they were just, you know, they were on some momentum. They were on adrenaline. The Celtics came out flat, as flat as could be, with with all these legends that you mentioned already in the stands watching, maybe they were a little nervous. Maybe it was a little bit intimidating seeing some of these spaces. Um, I don't think that was it because they came out in that second half. And, you know, this is the type of basketball that when Celtics play with that energy, when they play with that defense with that defense that they're known for, that's what's going to win them games. They're not going to win games out shooting the opponent. They're not, sure. They don't have a guy. I mean, they do have Isaiah Thomas, but he wasn't on tonight. His shot wasn't on, and he hasn't been on the last – maybe a week or so or even longer um, with that shot. They don't have a guy that can that they can relate. They don't have a Kobe Bryant that can shoot 50, 50 shots, shots. And, and <laughs> Which win, they need, obviously. You know what I mean? So they need a total team effort. And they came out strong in the, in the third quarter. They punched the Heat. Like I said, they punched them in the mouth. The Heat were stumbling around. They the kicked net. them in the balls on that one. They I mean, they, the they balls, were ruined. As some people would want to say. You. I would want to say. And... They kept, they kept it going into that fourth quarter. They, they didn't look back. They wanted this game. It's unfortunate that it basically meant nothing in the standings. It meant literally nothing in the standings. <laughs> it actually meant worse for them, really, in the standings. Right. But I will say there is there is something to be said for finishing the year strong and going into the playoffs on a high note like that. Because if they just limped into the playoffs, losing three in a row, and just getting blown out by the heat tonight, if that happened, I mean, that's an awful look going into the playoffs. That's something that you're going to be thinking about the rest of the week until game one, and maybe you're playing with a little bit of doubt in your mind. I mean, I think that that comeback is more important than your seeding. Than a seeding? I mean, that very well could be. Yeah, you, you could get that four seed and still play like crap in the first round, but sure. they had that momentum, that resounding moment that they can build off of. And the thing is, they had that moment a few weeks ago and they weren't able when they beat the Warriors, and they weren't able to build off of it. They kind of got a high there, and then they kind of lost their edge. And now they realize they, they really had to go deep in the pits to figure out how to, you know, why having an edge is so important. And this is the kind of learning experience that you expect them to retain that edge as they go into the playoffs. And, you know, they're going to face a good team in the first round, and then they're going to face Cleveland, whether it's a second round or if they were somehow able to beat the Raptors, who are still a really good team that people forget almost had the exact same record as the Cavs. I mean, they're a really, really freaking good team oh, that yeah, has beaten yeah. the Celtics this year. So, 
if they were going to probably not make it through the second round, regardless of yeah, who they're playing, but it doesn't matter. Either way, you're going to face Cleveland at some point, and obviously they could beat any of those teams, but it's not fair. You're just not expecting it to happen. So it doesn't make a difference when they face Cleveland. They're going to face them anyway. This way, they're going to face them in the second round, and you know what? If they beat them, then they've got another really good chance in the, to make the finals, but it's probably not going to happen, well, so they'll get, your, they'll get your hopes up. So, the bottom line is this. You've got to win on the road at some point. Whether yes. it's game one or game three or game seven, you've got to win on the road. Teams, you know, they, they're not just going to you know, the Celtics, the 08 team, they were a team that couldn't, they had some trouble winning on the road in the playoffs. They finally came through, they broke through, they beat the Pistons. Uh, they knew they had to win on the road eventually. They did. This team isn't that team, but the point is you can bicker about, not bicker, but you can debate how important home court is. As soon as you win a game on the road, that home court is flipped. So, I mean, it, it's still up to them. They can take home court back in game one. Sometimes uh, players revel in that. You know, they, they, they embrace going into enemy territory and sort of make, setting that tone early on. They take one of those first two games. Now, all of a sudden, they're sitting pretty going back to Boston with, uh, you know, a one-to-one -one series. And Atlanta's not the kind of place where you can't win. It's exactly. Atlanta. Yeah. They walk out halfway through games all the time there. <laughs> all right, so let's go to part two and let's talk about Atlanta. But before we do that, we got to talk about SeatGeek. If you want to get tickets for one of these playoff games and they're going to be sold out, go to SeatGeek. If it's your first purchase on SeatGeek, you know, just make a new account. Use that. Put in the code CELTICSBEAT and you're going to get a $20 rebate on that ticket purchase. So go to SeatGeek, code CELTICSBEAT, and let's do you know, it. My I, dad texted me and said he's definitely buying, buying playoff tickets. And he's going to buy them on SeatGeek. Yeah, get that $20, 20 back. back. Yeah. I'm going to take that 20 bucks today. Thank you. And they're going to buy yourself a one beer at the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so we'll be back for part two. Stay on this playlist here on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel or embedded wherever the heck you're watching it. This is the Garden Report. Powered by SeatGeek on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. did you learn that you would be playing the Hawks and that you were the five seed and when we walked in when we walked in the locker room I mean you know we, we knew generally the scenarios um, but I still had to ask you know I had heard Atlanta lost um, when we walked down the, the corridor and then I heard um, and I had heard Charlotte was winning all night so um, you know we knew that it was going to be one of those three so I've got all three teams on my laptop. My laptop's about ready to explode, and I can delete two of them. Part two of the Garden Report here, where we talk about the first-round matchup with the ATLians, Atlanta Hawks, one of my favorite teams to watch in the NBA, really? mostly because of Paul Millsap, who what? has always been a really good player, really a boy, really has been always been a star, but this year has been an elite player, probably one of the best defenders in the NBA this year, yeah. is a reliable perimeter player and one of the best post players in the league. The Celtics have always really struggled with him, and I know we didn't have that good of a game when they played last weekend, but he's been the guy that's always been the matchup problem for the Celtics because the Celtics like to go small, and he's a guy that is like kind of plays like a small ball guy, but he's an absolute elite player in the post. He is a tough matchup, and the Spurs as a team 
our sneaky great team. Which I mean, is why the Celtics are not playing the Spurs, but playing the Hawks in the I mean, first sorry, round. the Hawks as a team are sneaky great But they are kind of like the what Spurs. What I was going to yeah. say <laughs> is that they are kind of like the Spurs, so I kind of ruined my own point there. I jumped the gun. Great point, man. But Isaiah Thomas said the same thing. He said they kind of remind him of the Spurs where they have, you know, it could be a different guy in every single night for them, you know, whether it's Millsat, what you talked about, whether it's Horford, Teague. Um, they've got a lot of options. They came into Boston and they took they took it to the Celtics one um, earlier this season. Um, but Millsap, sneaky, always a sneaky under the radar, great player. Gonna get it done on both ends of the court. Never gonna really make the highlight reels. You're not gonna, you know, if you only watch Sports Center top ten plays, you probably won't see a lot of them. But he's that guy who, you know, they rely on him on both ends of the court. He comes through for them. He's been there. Uh, even in Utah, before he came to, you know, he was always a, you know, reliable player. So that's, as you mentioned, a tough matchup for them. And uh, the guys down low and on the perimeter, they're going to have their hands full. Uh, so Ken Bazemore has been really good for them this year. Makes I up like for Bazemore. the loss of Damari Carroll. Oh, yeah. Gives them that athletic swing that they need. The question is, is Kyle Korver going to take off? I mean, this year has not been that great of a year for him compared to last year. And I, guess, I think it's been one of the main differences for the team this year, why they I mean, they were still a 48-win team. They were still really good. But the Celtics, when Corver burns them, they're screwed. And as much as they can hustle, you know, he's just that guy that somehow gets open, needs a split-second you know, split window, and he gets a shot off. So is he the guy that really they have to focus their game plan on? Is he still that player? I mean, I, you can't not consider him a threat in any game you know it doesn't matter what the numbers say a shooter is going to shoot and a guy like him with his track record and Brad Stevens will be the first to tell you that Corver can hit any shot in the court and he gives I mean I specifically remember him you know going out of his way to point out like how lethal Kyle Corver is yeah. in three-point range and I know for a fact that he's going to spend a he's going to definitely make a point to spend a lot of attention on Corver limit his shot, limit his open looks. Um, yeah, and if, and if Corver, he might be the difference because if he is in some of those shots, um, you know, that's just another aspect of their game, that the, of the Hawks game, that, you know, they can really, that takes him to that next level. You know, if, if you're starting to hit some of those corner threes or, you know, that's that's a big swing, you know. Long shots, long rebounds, if Corver's going to miss a bunch of those, Celtics get out in transition, that's where they're at their best in that uh, transition basketball, fast pace. Um, you know, things kind of slow down a little bit in the playoffs, but if it's up to the Celtics, they'll keep things, you know, as fast as they can. Well, it'll be a really interesting series to see when games come down to the wire, the matchup between most likely Paul Millsap and Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder struggled guarding Paul Millsap earlier in the year, but he's gotten a lot more experience playing that four in the small ball lineup. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see those kind of lineups where he's playing next to either Amir Johnson, Jared Solinger, or Kelly Olynyk, And then we're probably going to even see the lineup of coma, as I like to call it, which is kind of the Celtics version of lineup oh, of death, where you have... Marcus Smart probably covering Jeff Teague, Isaiah Thomas probably chasing around Kyle Korver or Kent Bazemore, whomever else is out there, maybe Dennis Schroeder. Then you got Avery Bradley in there to kind of lock down on the key perimeter guy, whether it's Korver or whomever. And then you have Evan Turner and Jay Crowder out there. So you're a super versatile offensive team that can put on a ton of, ton of pressure. But Atlanta is a team that you just can't really do that against if they have both Horford and Millsap out there. Those two guys, I mean, Horford and Millsap, I mean, it's kind of funny when you think about it. The Celtics were in, you know, there were some talks that maybe the Celtics were interested in Horford at the deadline at some point. Well, what if they had swung a deal, made something happen? Then you're most likely not playing the Hawks in the playoffs. It could be the Celtics' own undoing that they didn't get a deal done. But you're right, with the, with the, match, with the personnel that the Hawks have, they can mix things up just as much as the Celtics can. And, and 
if they've got more talent at certain positions, then well now they're making the rules. They're they're forcing Brad Stevens to adapt to them. So that's where it gets kind of dangerous, and that's why the Hawks have been have been so successful last year. I mean, they were the you know mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the league all of last year until injuries kind of hurt them down the down the stretch there. And this year too, I mean, they they were this close to being broken up, and now look at them. I mean, they're one of you're, they're a team that you don't want to play. And I have to say, out of the Hawks, Heat, and Hornets, they were the team that if that you know as an onlooker if I'm a Celtics fan or if I'm Brad Stevens they're probably the team that I didn't want to play sure they're the most well put together yeah, best coach absolutely. of all those teams there, although Steve that. Clifford's been great this year he for has Charlotte been great, yeah. but it comes down at, at the end of the day it's going to come down to guys making shots and you know it's going to come down to talent and I think and the, the Hawks, system executing well exactly. which you and know the Hawks can, can do take you so far at the end of the day you need the players that can take you to the, take you to the promised land and guys like Horford, Millsap, T, those guys they've done it and they can do it All right, well, we're in for an absolute treat. We will see you after game three when the Celtics come back from their series with Atlanta. It'll be fascinating to see what that that will be. We don't don't know, but we'll uh, we'll definitely let you know as soon as we find out. So for Jimmy, I'm Jared with Jeremy behind the camera. For the Facebook live feed over there, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has been the Garden Report. The regular season is over, and we will see you for the playoffs, baby. Peace out. Isaiah, how much do you think the playoff experience last year will help you guys? I think it'll help us a little bit. We just gotta win one game though. We need to get that off our belt. We didn't win one last year, so hopefully we can we can we can sneak one out of at least one of the games out of Atlanta and then and then build on that. So I mean we're ready to show the world what we're capable of doing. At what point did you learn that you would be playing the Hawks and that you were the five seed? And when we walked in, when we walked in the locker room. I mean, you know, we, we knew generally the scenarios, um, but I still had to ask. You know, I had heard Atlanta lost um, when we walked down the, the corridor, and then I heard, um, and I had heard Charlotte was winning all night. So, um, you know, we knew that it was going to be one of those three. So I've got all three teams on my laptop. My laptop's about ready to explode and I can delete two of them. Part two of the Garden Report here, where we talk about the first round matchup with the ATLians, Atlanta Hawks. One of my favorite teams to watch in the NBA, mostly because of Paul Millsap, who has always been a really good player. Really, it really has been always been a star, but this year has been an elite player. Probably one of the best defenders in the NBA this year is a reliable perimeter player and one of the best post players in the league. The Celtics have always really struggled with him, and I know we didn't have that good of a game when they played last weekend, but he's been the guy that's always been the matchup problem for the Celtics because the Celtics like to go small, and he's a guy that is like kind of plays like a small ball guy, but he's an absolute elite player in the post. He is a tough matchup, and the Spurs as a team are sneaky great team. Which I mean, is why the Celtics are not playing the Spurs, but playing the Hawks in the I mean, first sorry, round. the Hawks as a team are sneaky great But they are kind of like the what Spurs. What I was going to yeah. say is that they are kind of like the Spurs, so I kind of ruined my own point there. I jumped the gun. Great point, man. But Isaiah Thomas said the same thing. He said they kind of remind him of the Spurs where they have, you know, it could be a different guy in every single night for them, you know, whether it's Millsap, what you talked about, whether it's Horford, Teague. Um, they've got a lot of options. They have came into Boston, and they took, they took it to the Celtics one um, earlier this season. Um, but Millsap... Sneaky, always a sneaky, under-the-radar, great player. Going to get it done on both ends of the court. Never going to really make the highlight reels. You're not going to, you know, if you only watch Sports Center top 10 plays, you probably won't see a lot of them. 
but he's that guy who, you know, they rely on him on both ends of the court. He comes through for them. He's been there. Uh, even in Utah, before he came to, you know, he was always a, you know, reliable player. So that's, as you mentioned, a tough matchup for them. And uh, the guys down low and on the perimeter, they're going to have their hands full. Uh, so Ken Bazemore has been really good for them this year. Makes I up like for Bazemore. the loss of Damari Carroll. Oh, yeah. Gives them that athletic swing that they need. The question is, is Kyle Korver going to take off? I mean, this year has not been that great of a year for him compared to last year. And I, guess, I think it's been one of the main differences for the team this year. Why they, I mean, they were still a 48-win team. They were still really good. But the Celtics, when Korver burns them, they're screwed. And as much as they can hustle, you know, he's just that guy that somehow gets open, needs a split, you know, split-second window when he gets the shot off. So is he the guy that really they have to focus their game plan on? Is he still that player? I mean, I, you can't not consider him a threat in any game. You know, it doesn't matter what the numbers say. A shooter is going to shoot, and a guy like him with his track record, and Brad Stevens will be the first to tell you that Korver can hit any shot in the court. And he gives... I mean, I specifically remember him, you know, going out of his way to point out like how lethal Kyle Korver is yeah. in three-point range, and I know for a fact that he's going to spend attention. He's going to definitely make a point to spend a lot of attention on Korver, limit his shot, limit his open looks. Um, yeah, and if, and if Korver, he might be the difference because if he is hitting some of those shots, um, you know, that's just another aspect of their game that the, the Hawks game that you know they can really that takes them to that next level. You know, if, if you're starting to hit some of those corner threes or, you know, that's that's a big swings, you know. Long shots, long rebounds. If Corbett's going to miss a bunch of those, Celtics get out in transition. That's where they're at their best in that uh, transition basketball, fast pace. Um, you know, things kind of slow down a little bit in the playoffs, but if it's up to the Celtics, they'll keep things, you know, as fast as they can. Well, it'll be a really interesting series to see when games come down to the wire, the matchup between most likely Paul Millsap and Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder struggled guarding Paul Millsap earlier in the year, but he's gotten a lot more experience playing that four in the small ball lineup. Mm. I think we're going to see those kind of lineups where he's playing next to either Amir Johnson, Jared Solinger, or Kelly Olynyk, And then we're probably going to even see the lineup of coma, as I like to call it, which is kind of the Celtics version of lineup oh, of death, where you have Marcus Smart probably covering Jeff Teague, Isaiah Thomas probably chasing around Kyle Korver or Kent Bazemore or whomever else is out there, maybe Dennis Schroeder. Then you got Avery Bradley in there to kind of lock down on the key perimeter guy, whether it's Korver or whomever. And then you have Evan Turner and Jay Crowder out there. So you're a super versatile offensive team that can put on a ton of, ton of pressure. But Atlanta is a team that you just can't really do that against if they have both Horford and Millsap out there. Those two guys, I mean, Horford and Millsap, I mean, it's kind of funny when you think about it. The Celtics were in, you know, there were some talks that maybe the Celtics were interested in Horford at the deadline at some point. Well, what if they had swung a deal, made something happen? Then you're most likely not playing the Hawks in the playoffs. It could be the Celtics' own undoing that they didn't get a deal done. But you're right, with the, with the, match, with the personnel that the Hawks have, they can mix things up just as much as the Celtics can. And, and if they've got more talent at certain positions, then, well, now they're making the rules. They're, they're forcing Brad Stevens to adapt to them. So that's where it gets kind of dangerous, and that's why the Hawks have been, have been so successful last year. I mean, they were the, you know, mm -hmm. one of the best teams in the league all of last year until injuries kind of hurt them down the, down the stretch there. And this year, too, I mean, they, they were this close to being broken up, and now look at them. I mean, they're, one of, you're, they're a team that you don't want to play, and I have to say, out of the Hawks, Heat, and Hornets, they were the team that... If, that, you know, as an onlooker, if I'm a Celtics fan or if I'm Brad Stevens, they're probably the team that I didn't want to play. Sure.
They're the most well put together, yeah, best coach absolutely. of all those teams. There, Although Steve that. Clifford's been great this year he for Charlotte. Been great, yeah, great, but it comes down at, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to guys making shots, and you know it's going to come down to talent. And I think and the, the system Hawks, executing yeah, well, exactly. which you and know the Hawks can, can do. Take you so far. At the end of the day, you need the players that can take you to the, take you to the promised land. And guys like Horford, Millsap, Teague, those guys, they've done it and they can do it. All right, well, we're in for an absolute treat. We will see you after game three when the Celtics come back from their series with Atlanta. It'll be fascinating to see what, this, that, is what that will right be. Now, we, don't, we don't know, but we'll, uh, we'll definitely let you know as soon as we find out. So for Jimmy, I'm Jared with Jeremy behind the camera. For the Facebook live feed over there, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has been the Garden Report. The regular season is over, and we will see you for Playoff, the playoffs, baby. Peace out. Isaiah, how much do you think the playoff experience last year will help you guys? I think it'll help us a little bit. We just got to win one game, though. We need to get that off our belt. We didn't win one last year, so hopefully we can, we can, we can sneak one out of at least one of the games out of Atlanta and then, and then build on that. So, I mean, we're ready to show the world what we're capable of doing. says a lot about this team. We really didn't give up. We, we didn't play well in the first half, but we didn't get down on ourselves. And we show what we're capable of. Okay, what was, what was the talk behind The talk? Brad sat down in the chair and, and just he talked real quiet. He was trying to upset, but he basically like figured out. Uh, you guys are like, playing real selfish, not just offensively, but the defensive scheme is real selfish. Everybody's hugging their guy. We need to play as one and, and get ourselves together, get ourselves out of whatever funk we're in, basically. And we did that. We, we kept looking at each other, telling ourselves we're going to win this game, we're going to make a comeback, and just believe. And that's the special thing about this team. Was it really Yeah, I mean, it was. He sat down. I mean, he didn't yell, but he, you could tell he was upset. I was. I mean, I said a few things before he got in, but that's just between us. <laughs> what happened in that little scuffle at the end of the third quarter? I don't know, man. I'm trying to stay as far away from that as possible because <laughs> they find a way to take me, tee me up. So I don't know what happened. I told my teammates, anything like that happened, I'll be on the other side of the court. Isaiah, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's going to set the tone for you guys coming up in the playoffs? I think so. That gives us some momentum, gives us some confidence um, knowing what we're capable of doing and knowing that we just we have to play with that intensity every every game, every minute of each game, especially um, come playoff time. Isaiah, how's your uh, wrist doing? It seems like you struggled since yeah. the fall against Milwaukee. I mean, it's, it's hurting, but I just got to figure it out. Keep, continue to get treatment figure out what we'll do with it the next couple of days, and there's no excuses. So I, I'll be fine. I just got to work around it. What stands out to you about the Hawks? Um, they're like the Spurs. I mean, they're, they're, any given night is somebody's night. They're, they're a team that's very unselfish, and they, they, they seem like they like playing with each other. So those are the tough teams to play, kind of like ourselves. And, um, it's going to be a battle. Was there any sense, not disappointment, but in a way when you found out that you guys were the five seed and you didn't have the home, home court anymore? Yeah, I told Danny, man, why don't you say something during the game? I'm going to sub everybody up. No, I, I said that as a joke, but it's just, um, I mean, it is what it is. It happened to work out that way, and, and we're just, we're confident in ourselves that we can, we can win a playoff series. Isaiah, did you say anything to Bill Russell there at the end? 
Yeah, I just say, I mean, it's an honor to play in front of him. Um, I know he lives in the Seattle area, so um, we got that little connection there, but it's just an honor to play in front of all those guys. And like I said, they paved the way for us to, to, to play and, and what Celtic basketball really means. So it was, it was good to get a win in front of the legend. Was that a bit of, bit of why it was kind of sucky the way the first half went? It was. I mean, it was a total letdown. I mean, total opposite of what we thought the game would be like, especially with the energy the crowd was giving us and, and the legends in town for a couple of days. So luckily we got the win, and, and they're proud of us, hopefully. What did you think about getting the hour back? I didn't know nothing about it. I mean, it's, it's amazing, though. I mean, it's an honor. Um, I'm just, I'm blessed to be in the position I'm in. And like I always say, without my teammates, none of the, these awards would be possible. So that goes to them. Isaiah, how much do you think the playoff experience last year will help you guys? I think it helped us a little bit. We just got to win one game, though. We need to get that off our belt. We didn't win one last year, so hopefully we can, we can, we can sneak one out of at least one of the games out of Atlanta and then, and then build on that. So, I mean, we're ready to show the world what we're capable of doing. Did it mean a lot to get that hour back award in front of all the guys that he coached in the... Oh, no doubt. I, mean, I guess I'm up here on that level now. <laughs> no, I'm just playing, but it, it means a lot just to be able to get any award named after somebody that's this, um, a legend like it, like itself. So I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. Isaiah, it's Kobe's last game. Can you just talk a bit about how he meets you? Um, he's, he's done a lot, not just to my game, but to everybody, I mean, he's a, the best player of my generation. Um, the closest thing to Michael Jordan. And we just, I mean, as a group, as everybody in the NBA, we just thank him so much for the hard work, the dedication, and the sacrifices he made to become the best basketball player of my generation. And um, I'm glad I got to share share court for five years with him and be able to get a few things signed and, and talk to him a couple of times. So I'm. I'm just ready to, for you guys to stop asking questions so I can go watch them again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Just the main focus here, the task at hand, trying to win, get home court advantage tonight. Yeah, yeah we just honestly want to win. You know, we have to really come out and you know set the tone, come out, be the aggressor, and uh, you know try to do all the right things to give ourselves an opportunity to win. You know, if we do that, I think we'll put ourselves in a great position to uh, come out successful in that. So just the most important thing, you, know, you guys have a couple games where maybe you play how you guys can to go into the playoffs playing the way you guys can. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, once again, this league is a wave, you know what I'm saying? So the biggest thing is just coming out and, you know, trying to control what we can control. And um, I think the best thing to do right now is just try to be the aggressor. What was it like some of the, the legends coming into town? They came to practice and saw you guys. Oh, that was cool. You know what I'm saying? That's definitely cool. Um, you know, you never take that for granted. You know, uh, you know, even when I was a kid, I heard about a lot of those guys. And uh, to be able to see them in person and, you know, they feel the need to be important enough to not only come back into town, but also visit us is definitely cool. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Is Havlicek being an Ohio State guy, has meaning to you? Yeah, no, I always, you know, love Hondo, you know. Uh, you know, I always thought he was a... Uh, you know, just watch his highlights and stuff like that. He's a great player, and you know, uh, the Ohio State obviously is a big deal, and you know, he's uh, he's definitely you know successful. You know. Have you talked to him at all? Now, last time, you know, I spoke to him. It's like the 50-year anniversary at uh, the Ohio State, so I was able to have a one-on-one conversation yeah. with him, and uh, you know, he's super cool. He's a great guy, you know, and uh, 
No, obviously, we just shot the shit. Brad says he wants you guys to be more aggressive. You keep saying you need to be the aggressor. What do you think kind of slipped in that area the last couple of games? I, I think sometimes in certain instances, I think uh, whether it be ball pressure and stuff, we could have been more into the ball more consistently, you know, and uh, not really. I, I think it kind of starts with that, you know, uh, not really letting them get comfortable, you know. And uh, it could be little things offensively as, as to uh, not letting the team pressure us, you know, being more physical to run our offense where we want to run our offense too, and just things like that. According to Synergy Sports data, you rank as one of the best overall defenders in the NBA this year. What changed for you on that end to really take your game to that level? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I was trying. I was definitely trying. Uh, you know, maybe I try a little bit harder. I don't know. I mean, I really wanted to, you know, focus on, um, you know, getting getting better at the defensive end, and you know, I think getting in better shape, and you know, I slimmed down a little bit as well. And, you know, I think one thing was just using my body position and, and, you know, using my length. You know, I'm not as fast or anything as Avery and them, but, you know, I've been blessed with length, so I can kind of, you know, judge it a little bit and, you know, just do little things that can help me as opposed to maybe beat somebody to a spot when they, when they shoot. You know, I try to contest it, just little things like that. So I try to take great pride in keeping up with the other great defenders on this team. Sollinger and RJ Hunter tweeted their support for you as sixth man of the year. Do you feel like defense is a little bit overlooked for, for something like that vote? I think when I do stuff, it's always overlooked. So I think uh, when I do stuff, it's damn near boring on a, 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 a fluke. And then the guy in the next town or so, like, he does this, he does that. And it's like, is this a joke? You know, so whatever I do is unpopular. So I'm, I'm used to that. So, but, you know, I definitely appreciate my teammates. And I think we have a lot of guys in this locker room who can, uh, you know, definitely take home some individual accolades and it's well deserved. What are your thoughts on Kobe playing his last game tonight? Yeah, it's crazy, you know. Uh, I just remember being a kid and, you know, watching him do a dunk contest. And now, uh, you know, playing his last game and, you know, leaving the game, he's definitely the last of a dying breed. And, you know, definitely going, going to miss him. So, Any, cool. Anything that sticks out to you uh, about him, whether it's a personal matchup or just watching him play over the years? I just think it's mental toughness, you know what I'm saying? I think he's extremely mentally tough, and I think he competed, you know? I think it's always about winning for him, you know what I'm saying? You meet a lot of guys that say, I care about winning and stuff and all that nonsense, but it's truly all about winning and, and competing and, you know, overcoming the odds, you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of great players really uh, take uh, advantage of that, you know? Earlier this year, you channeled Michael Jordan when you passed the ball to somebody for the winner. Yeah. Jordan McCurse shot. Do you have anything in store for Kobe tribute tonight? I'll figure it out. It's just going to come with it. You know, I can't really force it. And, uh, you know, once again, I can't, I can't force it. And, uh, you know, if it, if it comes about that, we'll figure it out. But I, I just really want to win, to tell you the truth. So I guess that is a good enough Kobe thing, right? So. Sorry, you asked about this. What was it like having the legend? Uh, it's, it's cool, you know, once again, you know, you, you, as a Celtic, you see all the pictures and you hear about all the great, you know, the great players from the past, so you definitely appreciate them taking the time out to show up and stop by, you know, just chat, you know, you never take that for granted, you know. Did you talk to any one of them then? Uh, well, I knew, uh, you know, Char Charlie Scott, because uh, his son, uh, Shannon Scott, played at uh, the Ohio State back in the day, so I know him for a while, so I was always fascinated with, uh, you know, what he was able to do in North Carolina and things, and, you know, obviously in the NBA, and, you know, what he was able to do, and he was so skinny, too, you know? So I definitely, you know, was glad to see him.
did. I mean, it was the total opposite of what we did in the first half. And I, it says a lot about this team. We really didn't give up. We, we didn't play well in the first half, but we didn't get down on ourselves. And we show what we're capable of. Okay, what was, what was the talk? Talk. I sat down in the chair and and just he talked real quiet. He <coughs> tell me that upset, but he's basically like figured out. Um, you guys are like, playing real selfish, not just offensively, but the defensive scheme is real selfish. Everybody's hugging their guy. We need to play as one and, and get ourselves together, get ourselves out of whatever funk we're in, basically. And we did that. We, we kept looking at each other, telling ourselves we're going to win this game, we're going to make a comeback, and just believe. And that's the special thing about this team. Is it really that quiet? Yeah, I mean, it was. He sat down, I mean, he didn't yell, but he, you could tell he was upset. I was. I mean, I said a few things before he got in, but I mean, that's just between us. <laughs> what happened in that little scuffle at the end of the third quarter? I don't know, man. I'm trying to stay as far away from that as possible. <laughs> They find a way to take me, tee me up. So I don't know what happened. I told my teammates, anything like that happened, I'll be on the other side of the court. Isaiah, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's going to set the tone for you guys coming up in the playoffs? I think so. That gives us some momentum, gives us some confidence, um, knowing what we're capable of doing, and knowing that we just we have to play with that intensity every every game, every minute of each game, especially um, come playoff time. Say, how's your uh, wrist doing? It seems like you struggled since yeah. the fall against Milwaukee. I mean, it's it's hurting, but I just got to figure it out. Keep, continue to get treatment. Figure out what we'll do with it the next couple of days, and there's no excuses. So I, I'll be fine. I just got to work around it. What stands out to you about the Hawks? Um, they're like the Spurs. I mean, they they any given night is somebody's night. They, they're a team that's very unselfish. And they, they, they seem like they like playing with each other. So those are the tough teams to play, kind of like ourselves. And, uh, it's going to be a battle. Was there any sense, not disappointment, but in a way when you found out that you guys were the five seed and you didn't have the home, home court anymore? Yeah, I told Danny, man, why don't you say something during the game? <laughs> Sub everybody out. No, I, I said that as a joke, but it's just, um, I mean, it is what it is. It happened to work out that way. And, and we're just, we're confident in ourselves that we can. We can win a playoff series. Isaiah, did you say anything to Bill Russell there at the end? Yeah, I just said, I mean, it's an honor to play in front of him. Um, I know he lives in the Seattle area, so um, we got that little connection here. But it's just an honor to play in front of all those guys. And like I said, they paved the way for us to to, to play and, and what Celtic basketball really means. So it was it was good to get a win in front of the legend. Was that a bit of, a bit of why it was kind of sucky to win the first half point? It was. I mean, it was a total letdown. I mean, total opposite of what we thought the game would be like, especially with the energy the crowd was giving us and, and the legends in town for a couple of days. So, luckily, we got the win, and, and they're proud of us, hopefully. What did you think about getting the hour back? I didn't know nothing about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, though. I mean, it's an honor. Um, I'm just, I'm blessed to be in the position I'm in. And like I always say, without my teammates, none of the these awards would be impossible, so that goes to them. Isaiah, how much do you think the playoff experience last year will help you guys? I think it'll help us a little bit. We just got to win one game, though. We need to get that off our belt. We didn't win one last year, so hopefully we can, we can, we can sneak one out of at least one of the games out of Atlanta and then, and then build on that. So, I mean, we're ready to show the world what we're capable of doing.
Did it mean a lot to get that hour back award in front of all the guys that he coached? Oh, no doubt. I guess I'm up there on that level now. <laughs> no, I'm just playing, but it, it means a lot just to be able to get any award named after somebody this this um, a legend like like yourself. So I'm, I'm I'm blessed. Isaiah, it's Kobe's last game. Can you just talk a bit about how he you? Um, he's he's done a lot, not just to my game, but to everybody. I mean, he's the, the best player of my generation. Um, the closest thing to Michael Jordan. And we just, I mean, as a group, as everybody in the NBA, we just thank him so much for the hard work, the dedication, and the sacrifices he made to become the best basketball player of my generation. And, um, I'm glad I got to share share court for five years with him and be able to get a few things signed and, and talk to him a couple of times. So I'm I'm just ready to, for you guys to stop asking questions so I can go watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, he came into the seat. Was, was it uh, louder before we got in? Yeah, between the players, yeah, it was. I can't lie, but but Brad came in cool, calm, collected, took a seat in the middle of the locker room, and just explained to us a little scenario that he's been through. And he said, "This time we either uh, make, a, make a choice, we come together, or, or, or we won't." And um, I think it, it definitely showed him. Were you worried that it was coming apart before he walked in? It wasn't like that. It wasn't the guys going at each other like that. We just guys, we just. We were just so pissed off with ourselves. And we didn't know what had to change. We knew one thing had to change was our, you know, our heart was played. We just had to give all we had. And um, I felt like we were holding back a little bit and worried about shot making and worried about the wrong things. And that's not what got us here. That's not what got us in the playoffs. So we just tried to get back to the basics and just play defense when we want to. After the last couple of games, though, was that, did you guys kind of need obviously a half like that just to show, no prove to yourselves? Yeah, no doubt. I think that's, that was much needed and very encouraging moving forward. Uh, knowing that we, we can play like that still and um, and get a win, and even though we're down big, um, it's very encouraging moving forward. So we need that. Is that as good of defensive presence as you've been on? For sure. From AU, from here to elementary, that's, that's, that's amazing. Five points in the third, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I've never been a part of anything like that. Especially when those guys got hot. Those guys were hitting everything in the first half, they were hitting shot for shot. Uh, and we just, we just buckled in, Every, all five guys, uh, I think, and our bitch came in and picked up right where the starters left off. Jay, how's the ankle doing uh, heading into the playoffs? I think I'm good as I'm going to be. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm able to play with it. What I know, I know what I can and can't do at, at this point <clears throat> moving forward. And um, I think it's getting better, for sure. And I think I'm going to keep doing the stuff that the training staff told me to do. And moving forward, I'm going to take these next few days and really get it prepared for a series of the playoffs. What stands out to you about the Hawks? Um, of course, they're, uh, the way they run their sets on offense, you know, they're going to run them no matter what, up or down, they're going to run their sets to a, to a T. Um, 
and that's tough. They, they can shoot the ball. They, they, one through five can shoot the three. That's very tough to play against, and uh, you got to make proper adjustments. And, um, and take the three point line a little bit. What's your reaction when you heard that you stoned it up being the five seed? <laughs> you did all that for that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My reaction. <laughs> that we made them mind like that for nothing. We could have took the L and just. But it's like I said, it's in the I'm being honest with you, that's, that's crazy. But um, it's very encouraging moving forward to, to get back to where we played, to get the win. I think it, it helped um, moving forward. Yeah, Jay, being like this, how does it set the tone going into the playoffs? Yeah, you know, it, it, it shows what, how we how we have to play on both ends of the court to win. Because it takes us down, down the lane that we've been through. We just had, we just had, some, had some bad bad quarters of basketball before. And then that, that, that half right there really just summed it up for us to show um, we're, we're still capable and we have to get it done just like that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Sorry, last one. It's Kobe's last game. So, Mike, can you talk about any influence he had on you or impact, perhaps? I mean, it's, it's Kobe, the, the MJ of this era. He's the best player I've ever laced up against. Um, he's done a great job for this. Um, with this league, and um, a lot of guys look up to him. And um, I remember my first time playing against him like it was yesterday. It was, it was one to remember. My first, my first ever basketball game. The rest of them was against the Lakers in LA. So. Um, what happened in the game? Yeah, yeah, you know what happened. No. <laughs> no, he, 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 had, he, had a, he had a great game. And, uh, he played well. Uh, he really baptized me into the league. So um, I'll never forget that. Man. Thank you, Go up there and play hard. What was uh, we were scoring and they weren't doing us anything. We just turned up right Kelly, how would you describe the locker room at halftime? Um, you know, no one was no one was happy with the way it was going. You know, and we just banded together. And, you know, everyone you know, made a statement. Everyone made a, an effort to, to change the to change their actions you know, on the court and you know, just come together as a team. Did Brad yell and scream? That's not what Brad does. He's very good at getting the message across and you know, getting us pulled together as one. What do you think about playing Atlanta in the playoffs? Um, you know, for us, it's, you know, whoever we matched up with is going to be, you know, whoever we matched up with. Um, you know, for us, Atlanta's, you know, they're a great team with, you know, a lot of guys who, you know, play the basketball with their own, they play together. You know, we got to play on their players, how the basketball is. Uh, you know, I think they got the better of us this season, but, you know, it's the only ball game. Kelly, do you think you guys have learned a lesson now after Monday night, the way the first half started here tonight? Do you guys think you've learned a lesson about what it's, going to take to be effective in the playoffs? Definitely. I mean, you're going to go through ups and downs. You're going to score. You're not going to score. You're going to make shots. You're not make shots. But, you know, we got to bring that intensity and that, that effort and that, that work and um, you know, do it as one for 48 minutes every game. Thanks, guys. Thank you.